Welcome to the In the Scriptures podcast. The following Bible lesson was previously recorded. Hello everyone, welcome to our uh, Bible study tonight and uh, getting excited about opening up a new study with you tonight in the Wednesday night class at uh, Sandlin Road in person. We're going to begin a study of Genesis and we'll be using uh, a book by Mike Willis uh, from the Bible textbook series uh, titled Genesis and uh, that's going to guide some of the lesson even that I present tonight. Um, on this video lesson <clears throat> and uh, recording. Uh, and I hope this will be beneficial. Uh, I want to try to stay on schedule and move along through uh, the book of Genesis. There's so much that is uh, in each book of the Bible that ties to other places. And I want to reference some of those things, but I will probably do it um, kind of in passing and kind of quickly so not to um, burden us too much and keep us from being able to move along in the study. As a matter of fact, in the book, uh, Brother Willis points uh, or spends some time on an introduction, and I'm not even going to do that tonight. We're going to go right into the text of Genesis 1 um, and uh, talk about the creation and the account that is given to us there and just jump right into it here in this uh, recorded lesson. I uh, hope that you can come be with us in person. In person, we'll have more discussion and uh, kind of back and forth question and answers, uh, and so I'll have to do really uh, a lot of work to keep us moving along uh, from lesson to lesson, uh, but looking forward to this study of Genesis and then hopefully working our way through the Old Testament. Um, so let's get started. Genesis, the first book of the Bible. If you have your Bible, you can open it up uh, to the very beginning. And <clears throat> Genesis, it is important to note uh, that it's... It is the beginning, and the, the name itself, Genesis, uh, carries with it from the original uh, Hebrew text, the meaning, in the beginning. And uh, that's how the book starts. The first three words of the book of Genesis, in verse 1, is in the beginning. And so this is the beginning of things. Uh, very important for us to think about it in regard to our faith and our belief in God uh, to recognize uh, the beginning of things. And there's much in our culture and world today and for all of man's history that has challenged the beginning of things through man's philosophy, different uh, thoughts in regard to science and so forth. But the Bible is very clear about the beginning. And we're going to read what that has to say and study and think on that um, as we study Genesis. Uh, so I'm going to take this kind of a few verses at a time and, uh, and we'll work our way through the text here in Genesis chapter 1. Genesis 1 beginning in verse 1 says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness was over the face of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So here in the first two verses we have a very uh, kind of grim description in some ways. It, it's, it leads off with this statement that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. You might notice that Moses doesn't question whether or not there was a God in his writing of this. Uh, there's no explanation of who God is or anything like that. And it's worth, worth noting that this is written by Moses as a part of the uh, first five books of the Bible. 
and it's kind of, in a sense, a, a giving of the history. And so there's no explanation of God here, none necessary as the writer sees it. It's just the factual statement made in verse 1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And that in and of itself challenges so much of what science and philosophers and different uh, human beings might try to say about this uh, through human wisdom. But also notice in verse 2, there's kind of a grim picture here that the earth was without form and void. So God has begun this creation process, and the earth itself is without form and void. And I, I like the way that uh, Mike Willis describes it here, even in this book, in talking about uh, the earth, if, if you were to imagine, if you were... Uh, the other planets that we might see pictures of from outer space and so forth, and, and we see planets that you don't see the definition of, or of uh, dry land and water and so forth the way that we see it on Earth now. And so we look at those and we, we might just see you know something very plain and empty in that way, and maybe that's a way for us in our mind's eye to picture the the earth before God made all of these creation changes to it. But here's this image that the beginning of creation is happening. And the Spirit of God <clears throat> is there uh, at work in this. So then let's look at verses 3 through 5. It says, Then God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. So here in verses 3 through 5 of Genesis 1, we see the creation of light, the first day of creation. And God creates light. And you can notice that this light is created before the, what we think of as the sources of light, like the sun, uh, moon, stars, etc., uh, the light itself is what is the focus of day one. And God's separating light from darkness. And so it's just an uh, amazing thing to think about creating something from nothing, as it's really literally being described here, that God brings forth light. He says, let there be light. And there was light. He brings forth light. And divides it from darkness. And so we have day and night as he describes it in verse 5. And he describes it as an evening and a morning that were the first day. There are those who have debated through the years about whether or not each of these creation days were really long expanses of time that would somehow answer the questions in regard to man's view of science and thinking that um, earth and creation is, is so old and so forth. But... In the defining of what is told to us here, there's an evening and a morning, just like a 24-hour day that we would know even now. So it's really hard to wrap our minds around there being some extra expanse of time when that's not the description that's given here. And one of the things that's always kind of helped me, and I don't really know where I first heard this, but the, the idea that you know if, when God created it, um, God created it with age, we could say. Or maybe we should ask it in a question. When God created it, could He have created it with age? And I think the answer to that is, well, yes. And so man may try to define age in a certain number of years and by carbon dating and things like that. But when God, if, if I just take it down to something very simple, something like this rock right here, when God made rocks... 
he can he could he have made them with age and the answer to that is well yes god defines age and so forth and so uh, to be able to view it from a man's understanding and actually date something i i just have a lot of skepticism of that in the first place but what i do not have skepticism of is the the scripture and what god has said in his word and so we have the evening and the morning being the first day, the separation of light from darkness, ultimately the creation of light in opposition of darkness. And so then on day two, beginning in verse six and going through verse eight, we read, Then God said, Let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. Thus God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament, and so, and it was so. And God called the firmament heaven, so the evening and the morning were the second day. So here you have this expanse, this firmament, this expanse of what we would say atmosphere, air, uh, area, if you will, around the earth or in creation. And God is organizing that, separating that, uh, so that you have earth, but then you have waters and atmosphere and layers of atmosphere above the earth. And we can even think about that in the study of science and understand it to some degree when we know that we have the atmosphere that you and I live in, uh, and then we have uh, a, an area of air where you and I can't live without oxygen and help and so forth. And then we have even further outer space uh, beyond um, those layers of, of atmosphere. Um, one of the things that's really interesting in science to read about and study about is uh, the radiation belts that surround the earth. And thinking about that in view of what this text is saying, how God was separating and organizing the expanses above the earth as we would know it. Well, let's look at day three, beginning in verse nine. Then God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed, and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth. And it was so. And the earth brought forth grass, the herb that yields seed according to its kind, and the tree that yields fruit, whose seed is in itself according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. So the evening and the morning were the third day. So here's the third day of creation, where God uh, creates dry land and then has the grasses and the fruit trees, those things that yield seed, come forth on the dry land. And notice that each one of these, it says, were created so that the seed was in itself so that it could yield fruit according to its kind. And we see that even today as we study uh, the grasses and the plants and the fruit trees of the earth, that the seed from these allow them to reproduce and continue to live on earth. All right, verses 14 through 19, this is day four. Then God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and seasons and for days and years. 
And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth. And it was so. Then God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. God set them in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. So the evening and the morning were the fourth day. So here on the fourth day, God makes the lights that we see in the heavens, the sun, the moon, and the stars, the greater light to rule the day, the lesser light to rule the night. And it's interesting at the end of verse 16, he says he made the stars also, but uh, those who have studied the stars have come to find that many of the stars are enormous, much larger than the sun, much larger than the earth, uh, and so large that it's just awe-inspiring to think about. But God created the heavens and the earth. God created the lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night, to shine light on the earth. Notice also at the end of verse 14, let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years. And so it's in this process that God creates uh, the organization and the structure of the calendar of things for mankind and his existence on earth. He set those things in motion in this work of creation. Okay, let's look then at day 5, beginning in verse 20. Then God said, Let the waters abound with an abundance of living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth across the face of the firmament of the heavens, So God created great sea creatures and every living thing that moves with which the waters abounded according to their kind and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them saying, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let birds multiply on the earth. So the evening and the morning were the fifth day. So here on the fifth day, God uh, creates fish and birds, everything that was in the waters and then everything that was able to fly in the air. And each of them are given the ability to reproduce after their kind. We're seeing this from the plants and now in the animals. Later we'll see it even in humans as he creates mankind. And he tells them to be fruitful and multiply, fill the seas, fill the skies. And this is the evening and the morning constituting the fifth day of creation. Okay, let's move to the sixth day, beginning in verse 24 of Genesis 1. Then God said, Let the earth bring forth the living creature according to its kind, cattle and creeping thing and beast of the earth, each according to its kind, and it was so. And God made the beast of the earth according to its kind, cattle according to its kind, and everything that creeps on the earth according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. So just going to pause there for a moment. So here on this sixth day, God creates the living creatures that are on the earth. Cattle. So each one, again, was to be able to reproduce after its kind. And that's 
a common theme that we're seeing throughout creation and the way that God designed it. And now let, let's keep reading there in Genesis 1, beginning in verse 26, and we're going to see the creation of man. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God he created him. Male and female he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, See, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of all the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields seed. To you it shall be for food. Also to every beast of the earth, to every bird of the air, to everything that creeps on the earth, in which there is life, I have given every green herb for food, and it was so. So here's the creation of man. Male and female, he created them. And notice in verse 26, God said, Let us make man in our image. And that us word is a little bit confusing or daunting maybe to us, but it's evidence of the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, all involved in creation. Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. You know, the real thing is we learn throughout the Scripture, not just in this place, but as we keep reading, we'll learn that man has a soul different than the animals, different than the plants. As a matter of fact, if you just jump ahead to Genesis 2 and verse 7, we are given a little more insight on the creation of man. It says, The Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being or a living soul. So a definite difference here in the creation of man. After the image of God, having dominion over all other creation, and yet the similarities are there too that God is telling male and female mankind to multiply be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and to subdue it there in verse 28 you know it's interesting our world has really strayed away from the way that God first established his creation but God created man and woman God created male and female And there's no denying that it is by male and female uniting that we're able to procreate, to multiply, be fruitful and multiply, as God said here, and fill the earth. It's really very basic and very simple in that regard. It's also very beautiful and very godly, as we see it right here from creation, that God made male and female the ability to reproduce after our kind and in that, God has given a divine ordination, a divine ideal, a divine image that we are able to follow and enjoy, male and female together, multiplying, being fruitful together, filling the earth. It is sad and my humble opinion, to see that 
people have strayed so far away from that today in so many ways. And so I would just kind of stop here and pause here and encourage us uh, to see the beauty of what God originally created, the beauty of what God intended for man and woman, the beauty of what God wants in His creation. And we need to embrace that. We need to embrace what God made. God created this, and if you notice in verse 31, it says, Then God saw everything that He had made, and indeed it was very good. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. What God made was very good. As a matter of fact, this is said some seven times in the first chapter, in verse 4, 10, 12, 18, 21, 25, and then again here in verse 31. And actually here in verse 31 says it was very good. In chapter 2, in verse 1, it says, Thus the heavens and the earth and all the host of them were finished. Wonderful statement, isn't it? That in these six days of creation, God has made everything, and it's finished, and it's very good. And it says in verse 2, On the seventh day, God ended His work, which He had done, and He rested on the seventh day from all His work, which He had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, verse 3, because in it he rested from all his work which God had created and made. Verse 4 and verse 5 and 6 kind of give a summary of this. It says, This is the history of the heavens and the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens before any plant of the field was in the earth and before any herb of the field had grown for the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the earth and there was no man to till the ground but a mist went up from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. So interesting that we're given a history of creation here and how God made everything in these six days of creation and rested on the seventh day. Later on, God will further sanctify the seventh day as the Sabbath day for His people of Israel uh, when they are given the law at Mount Sinai. But here in this time, it's significant because of the days of creation and the things that unfold. Well, I hope this kind of helps you see just what the Scripture says about the beginning of things. And there's so many other questions that can be covered, but I would encourage you first and foremost to read again and again Genesis 1 and just remind yourself of what the Scripture says itself about creation, that it was in the beginning that God created, and that on each of these days there were specific things that God brought into existence and gave them their structure, their organization, and their place. And when God created, He saw it was good. Indeed, it was very good. And that God made male and female with all the crazy things that are, that's going on in our world throughout culture and society at large. It's really important that we stop and dwell on that and think about the fact that it is undeniable, undeniable that we are created male and female. in order to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. It 
It's interesting too that in verse 1 of chapter 2 when it says, Thus the heavens and earth and all the host of them were finished. There's been no more new creation. Mankind has taken what God created and developed it into different things using the raw materials and different abilities that we have been given by God. But there's been no new creation. That's a problem for evolutionists and so many others with different theories because if there was such thing as true evolution, why is it not continued? Well, the Bible really answers that right here in Genesis 2 verse 1. When God created, He completed it. It was finished. And so there's nothing new that's been created since. I challenge you to also think just about your faith and the way in which you respond to the Word of God, to the Scriptures. Because these things will challenge you, and in large part it will challenge you because of what man has taught and philosophized about, if you will. <laughs> in Hebrews chapter 11, in verse 3 we read, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Can you really say that? Can you say that by faith you believe that God created and that the things that you and I see and know that they had to have come from somewhere and our faith is that they came from God I hope this has been helpful as we've opened God's word tonight and studied from Genesis 1 I hope you'll continue to be with us as we keep working through the book of Genesis uh, in future studies will you pray with me our father in heaven we humbly bow before you as our creator our God, the God of all things, the God that spoke creation into existence. Father, we're in amazement of your power, your majesty. And we pray, Father, that you would humble us in our place in your creation. Help us realize the great honor it is to be created in your image as a living soul the great privilege it is to be those that have dominion over the creation, to recognize that you have put earth in the structure and organization that it is in so that we may live here, so that we may multiply here, that we may serve you here. Father, we hope that you we, we pray that you would help us take the truth of that message to others, to study it further ourselves and to build our faith in you as our God and our Creator. And to not let the things of this world distract us, not let the things of this world produce in us any doubt, but to truly and completely put our faith and our trust in you. We pray for those tonight that may be sick or suffering, that you would heal and bless as we know that you can. Pray for our leaders, leaders in the church, leaders the world over, that all may look to you for guidance and strength, that ultimately we may have peace on earth and that we may have the freedom to worship. 
We pray for the borders of your kingdom to spread, that more would turn to Jesus, recognize Him as Savior, follow Him as a disciple, to serve you and make more disciples. And we pray that heaven is truly our goal and that heaven will be our home. All this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.